This is a special edition of Concerned Women Today. I'm Doreen Denny, our Vice President of Government Relations, and this is a speech I recently gave entitled The Equality Act, Our Cultural Crisis. Strong women, smart policy, solid theology, and no apology. This is Concerned Women Today with Penny Young Nance, CEO and President of Concerned Women for America, the largest public policy organization for women in the nation. Well, if Sleeping Beauty awakened today, she may be shocked to learn that being a woman no longer means being female. Gender perception trumps biological reality. In fact, biology is downright bigotry in this age progressive era, redefining the age-old understanding of sex as the genetic code of being male or female. Prince Charming could have ovaries. Those were my opening lines in an article published following House Passage of the Equality Act this year. It was titled, Happily Never After. Democrats push a modern day war on women. But this is no fairy tale. I never thought I'd be spending so much of my time at Concerned Women for America simply defending our status as female. My closing line of the article is a feeling many of us may have. Sleeping Beauty may want to sleep this radical woke era out. Well, I'm happy to be here today to discuss the Equality Act and our cultural crisis. It's something we all need to understand and we need to help others understand. So I want to set the stage today for this discussion with a short video from a hearing in the U.S. Senate, which happened last month on the Equality Act. So take a listen. Equality Act. Let's look a little bit more carefully about what this kind of equality would be. All across America today, you will find millions of people who have dedicated their lives to caring For the most vulnerable Americans, they're playing with foster kids who are orphaned or have never known their parents, sheltering women who have been badly abused by a boyfriend or a husband, making children with Down syndrome smile and know that they are fearfully and wonderfully made. You may not know the names of these Americans. You may never know the name of them because they don't seek out the spotlight. They don't have slick publicists or glossy profiles written in the liberal media. But these extraordinary Americans pour out their time and energy every day in charities, clinics, and schools, whether out of simple kindness or deep religious faith. 40% of the top 50 charities in the United States are faith-based, and religious institutions provide more than $1 trillion in societal benefit every year. If this bill passes, a bureaucrat in Washington, however, may show up at their doorstep one day, or an official-looking letter may arrive in the mail, and the bureaucrat will ask whether the charity operates according to beliefs about gender identity that were totally and completely novel until just yesterday. Mr. David, let me ask you a question. How How many sexes do you think there are? How many sexes? Mm hmm Well, there's a difference between sex and gender identity, if that's what you're getting at. No, I'm asking biological sexes. How many do you think there are? Well, I would defer to the medical practitioners, but I think there's been studies showing that if you're talking about sex, sex is defined by many different characteristics, including chromosomes. Are Are there more than two? You could make that argument. You know, I have to say, as the father of two young girls, that girls' sports has had a profound impact in their lives. Our youngest girl, Catherine, plays softball. Every Sunday, I'm out on the softball field with her at practice. And the discipline, the teamwork, the camaraderie, the competitiveness that girls' sports teaches is effectively destroyed from this bill. Ms. Hassan, let me ask you, what are the consequences 
for pastors and churches and individuals expressing either free speech or religious liberty if this radical bill becomes law? One of the problems is that under the Equality Act, it sends the message that to affirm biological reality, the difference between males and females, that that's bigotry, that that's discrimination. And there are many religious congregations that hold that as a matter of faith. So here we are that that's going to be now redefined as something that to hold that belief. Is so Ms. Hassan, you're saying if I say boys are different from girls that I could be sued in the private workplace just as an individual citizen? I, I think we're opening up that risk and I think we're going to see harassment lawsuits as well because there's a chilling effect. If the whole idea here is to affirm that uh, biological sex doesn't matter, that all that matters is self-perception, then we're going to see that coming out as a sword. Well, what you've just heard is a Cliff Notes version of the major issues raised by the Equality Act. It was the first examination of this not so, nothing short of radical legislation in the United States Senate, because this is no routine debate on ordinary legislation that affects our paychecks or pocketbooks. Clearly, these issues cut to the core of human identity and our rights of conscience. The so-called Equality Act challenges fundamental beliefs about what is real, factual, and unchangeable, and our freedom to believe in foundational truths without government interference or retaliation. In 2019, when this bill landed on the congressional agenda for the first time, CWA formed an unexpected alliance with self-described radical feminists on the left. Many of them were lesbian. We were raising the warning flag around the danger and deception behind this bill. Any bill that neuters the legal distinction between the sexes is a direct threat to the safety, privacy, and opportunities of women. We disagree on some big issues with radical feminists, but on this issue we agree. The Equality Act erases what it means to be a woman. Men might want to put on heels, but they can never walk in our shoes. So what is this Equality Act? <laughs> right. Well, let me say at the outset, we ought to respect the God-given dignity of all people regardless of their self-identity. But this is not what this extreme bill is about. The Equality Act, which is known as H.R. 5, creates inequality of a different kind. It expands the definition of sex to include sexual orientation and gender identity, or SOGI, S-O-G-I, and adds this new category of, of sex across all the titles of the Civil Rights Act of 1964. By redefining the binary trait sex to sex, including sexual orientation and gender identity, the Equality Act creates new protected classes based on a person's attractions and their feelings about their sex that can overrule protections based on the, on the basis of biological sex. For the first time, it would base our civil rights laws on categories of conduct or perception, not immutable characteristics like race, color, national origin, and natural sex, which is embedded as XX or XY chromosomes in every cell of the human body. Under the bill, the term gender identity is defined this way. The gender-related identity, appearance, mannerisms, or other gender-related characteristics of an individual, regardless of the individual's designated sex at birth. So think about that. This subjective idea of sex called gender identity is based on a person's feelings, not facts, on a person's psychology, not their biology. So under the Equality Act, this self-declaration, do I feel male or female or some other gender, would be the basis for any claim of discrimination. You can see how the enforcement of civil rights laws would be turned on its head. Any man who wants to claim female identity could demand access to any place or anything designated for women. 
Instead of laws providing a shield, they would be used as a sword. Under the Equality Act, government-imposed gender rules would apply to all places of public accommodation, including, quote, any establishment that provides a good service or program. And then it lists examples, including stores, gas stations, salons, food banks, shelters, healthcare providers, and even online retailers. And I'm not kidding. It extends to Civil Rights Act the titles covering public facilities, public education, Title IX sports, housing, employment, and any recipient of federal funding, which could include private and religious schools. The bill contains a very specific mandate about facilities. With respect to gender identity, it says, an individual shall not be denied access to a shared facility, including a restroom, a locker room, or a dressing room that is in accordance with the individual's gender identity. So this means that any sex-separated facility would no longer be reserved for men or women based on biological sex. Access would be according to self-declared gender identity. There is no medical or legal proof required, or proof of seriousness, for that matter. No person's gender identity claim could be refuted. This opens the door to predatory behavior and abuse, removing privacy and safety protections for female inmates, abused women in shelters, female athletes, young girls in the ladies' room and the locker rooms. As you can see, the Equality Act would unleash a novel and dangerous anti-discrimination legal framework based on perception, not reality. Its tentacles would reach every aspect of our daily lives. All Americans would be forced to comply or face the consequences. Our freedom to speak, act, and assemble according to traditional views on sex would be overruled. While this may sound unbelievable, I assure you that it's not an overstatement. The text is pretty clear, and of course, many haven't read it. If this isn't enough, the Equality Act adds a double exclamation point by explicitly repealing the protections of the long-standing Religious Freedom Restoration Act, known as RIFRA. Specifically, it says RIFRA shall not provide a claim or a defense to a claim or provide a basis for challenging the application or enforcement of a covered title. So why repeal RIFRA? Because Equality Act advocates claim it is used as a license to discriminate. They think a person's conscience or sincerely held beliefs about sexuality and gender should never be a defense. In their view, holding these beliefs has nothing to do with conviction. It is simply used as cover for hatred. That's the charge that's still made against Jack Phillips, the cake baker in Colorado. Judiciary Chairman Dick Durbin made this point loud and clear at the end of the Senate hearing, and he said, and I quote, people who want to blatantly discriminate and use religion as their weapon have gone too far. We have to have limits on what they can do. Wow. <laughs> the path to persecution could be shorter than we think. So let me just sum up. The Equality Act in title and intent is nothing but deceptive. Inequality Act might be a more accurate title. Insanity Act, probably spot on. It is actually proposing a new form of government-imposed discrimination, giving super protections to certain people based on their sexual feelings, while setting up an inherent conflict with anyone who stands on the immutable reality of biological sex. It truly is an existential threat, waiting to unleash uncontainable chaos in our society. There is no compromise to the Equality Act's principal objective, which is to force every American to agree that sex is merely assigned at birth and that human identity can be remade in our image at any time and for any reason. A government mandate that declares biology is bigotry will force every one of us to conform to a lie. No longer will we have the freedom to believe and act on scientific and biblical truth without risk. So what's happened in Congress? 
Well, in 2019, the Equality Act first passed the House of Representatives as one of the top priorities when Speaker Pelosi took the gavel. Corporate America, fully on board, marching in line with the activist human rights campaign and their corporate equality ratings. The Business Roundtable, Chamber of Commerce, and others actively lobbied in support, boasting of their LGBTQ bona fides. They dismissed every concern that we raised with them about harms to women. Liberals were never challenged and totally rejected the inherent threat to women's rights, women's sports, and our female status. The Equality Act barely hit the public radar in 2019, but the effects of SOGI policies in liberal states were making real-time impact. Our concerns were not hypothetical then, just as they aren't now. Here's some of what was happening in 2019. High school female track athletes in Connecticut were forced to compete against boys running as girls and face the loss of local and state championships. An NCAA national title in women's sports was awarded to a transgender athlete who'd been on the men's team for the three previous years. A California women's homeless shelter forced women to share shower facilities with the male claiming to be a woman. The staff said they had no choice because federal grants required it. A faith-based center for abused women in Alaska protected its residents by not allowing a transgender male to sleep in its overnight open room shelter. Hope Center was sued by the city. A kindergarten girl in Georgia was assaulted in the restroom by a boy who told teachers he identified it as a girl and it, they allowed him in. Parents in Oregon were shocked to learn that a teacher had kept their eight-year-old son from recess in order to teach him about being transgender. An elementary school in Virginia hosted an LGBT story time led by outside activists without notifying parents. The largest school district in the state was using the genderbred man to teach sexual and gender identity curriculum that confuses kids into thinking they could be born in the wrong body. A high school teacher in Virginia was fired for refusing to use a student's preferred gender pronouns. College freshmen at Virginia Tech were given name badges to wear at orientation, identifying their preferred pronouns. Penny Nance's son was one of them. Now these are just a few examples of the real victims of SOGI activism, the ones that you won't hear about. Speaker Pelosi's majority in the House passed the Equality Act in 2019 with eight Republican votes. Then it landed in the legislative graveyard of the Republican-controlled Senate. Thank you, Mitch McConnell. But most senators did their best to hide from the issues as well. I wonder how many of you are aware of this cultural crisis looming from the Equality Act two years ago. Probably not many. Some pollsters at the time were finding that respondents thought a question about transgender boys competing in girls' sports was a trick question. So in 2020, uh, two things happened that gave further lift to this Equality Act narrative, a Supreme Court decision and the Biden election. In June 2020, the Supreme Court issued a 6-3 decision in an employment discrimination case that validated SOGI in Title VII of the Civil Rights Act. Bostock versus Clayton County was narrowly decided in the context of hiring and firing based on an employee's gay or transgender status, but it was immediately seized as a landmark victory for LGBT rights and the certain path for legalizing all of the objectives of the Equality Act. And we're seeing that train wreck now. Just hours after he was sworn in as president, Joe Biden ordered every federal agency to take the Bostock decision as controlling policy. Agencies are beginning to formally act on this executive order by adding sexual orientation and gender identity to non-discrimination provisions in their programs. These include federal housing rules, including college dorms and emergency shelters, health care mandates to cover any gender reassignment treatments, including on children, and the Education Department is not far behind in redefining Title IX. 
So it was no surprise, too, that a Democrat Congress uh, put the Equality Act again high on the agenda this year and forced a vote for a second time. There were no hearings or amendments allowed. It went straight to the floor for a vote in late February. This time, only three Republican members voted yes. Elise Stefanik, who voted for the Equality Act last time, changed her vote. She signed on instead to an evil stepsister version called Fairness for All. More on that in a moment. More organizations have mobilized to fight the Equality Act and expose its harms. The issues, especially in women's sports, have gained significant traction. Polls are starting to show that Americans are more aware of the harms associated with SOGI laws, and majorities oppose overruling sex with gender identity. In fact, days after the House vote, the insanity behind this novel equality was apparent once again. Seven, and seven male inmates in a Washington state prison claimed transgender status and were transferred to the female detention center. One of them raped a female inmate the first night. So all eyes are now on the 50-50 Senate, where no Republicans are supporting the Democrats' Equality Act, but a few are looking for alternatives. Senator Susan Collins announced she was dropping her past support with concerns about women's sports and religious liberty. Senator Joe Manchin, he remains the only Democrat holdout. So the Senate hearing last month uh, was really the first opportunity to give public scrutiny to this radical bill with the other side just a bit more on their heels. I think the most defining exchange was the one you heard in the video. Mr. David, how many sexes do you think there are? Hat tip to uh, Senator Kennedy for get that, getting that one on the record. Mr. David's response is reality to the liberal left. The goal is to force us to accept that binary sex is not a genetic fact and self-declared gender identity must be recognized as a right. We expect the Democrat-controlled Senate to push ahead with the Equality Act sometime this year, whether in committee or on the floor. And some of you may have heard about this, quote, compromise um, that certain House Republicans and certain religious groups has pushed, the Fairness for All Act. Well, let me just say, this version is neither fair or for all. While it seeks to protect religious institutions in a limited way, it does not protect women or individuals or the common good. Its very premise is the evil we're trying to stop, which is imposing SOGI by government decree as a matter of federal civil rights law, which will force all of us to forsake our belief in truth and our conscience. So don't be fooled by fairness for all. Now, while the filibuster is in our favor on the Equality Act, it's also a last line of defense, and a bad alternative that could get closer to 60 votes could be just as dangerous. The Equality Act's not the only legislation we're having to deal with in this space. Our friends at Family Policy Alliance have identified over 90 bills currently carrying SOGI provisions in the Congress. Joe Biden is fine with bypassing Congress and doing as much as possible by executive order as he can get away with. You know, our efforts to support elected officials against this agenda are crucial. Activism is fierce, and many are bullied by corporate wokeism and its political cost. So let me just share a few additional insights about this cultural crisis we face today on these issues. First, SOGI policies have been seeping through our academic institutions, state governments, and the media in all its form for years. Under half the, just under half the states have laws that add sexual orientation and gender identity in some form to their definition of sex discrimination. Such laws generally aren't as sweeping as the Equality Act, but they are causing real harms that the Equality Act would enshrine in law. Second, the NCAA adopted a transgender athlete participation policy 10 years ago giving any male athlete who takes cross-sex hormones the ability to compete in women's sports. They continue to double down on this policy, but I think they're seeing some ground shift on this. In many states, lawmakers have been pushing against the transgender athlete tied in women's sports, and it is helping our case in the Equality Act. 
Seven states passed laws to protect female athletes, and we're working to add more this month, incidentally. Unfortunately, two Republican governors in the Dakotas caved to corporate bullies, and they vetoed bills. Now, legislation in both chambers of Congress to protect Title IX for female athletes was introduced against this year. And we now have senators on the record on this issue from an amendment during budget reconciliation earlier this year. All Republicans, except Lisa Murkowski, uh, voted yes. And Joe Manchin joined them. So that was significant. Third, as I've explained, the Equality Act is not inventing radical ideology, gender ideology, but it threatens to straitjacket our culture and deny us the freedom to think, speak, and act on scientific fact and biblical truth. Cancel culture works overtime to make sure you only get one side of these issues. And really, the greatest damage we're seeing is to children's minds and their bodies. Abigail Schreier, a Wall Street Journal writer, had her blockbuster book, Irreversible Damage, the Transgender Craze Seducing Our Daughters, pulled from Target and Amazon. She set out to document the epidemic, teen, uh, epidemic among teen girls expressing discomfort with their bodies and being drawn to gender transition as a solution. She started investigating this issue when liberal moms in California were contacting her about their daughters. And here's what she found. Clinical gender dysphoria, typically experienced by 0.01% of the population, is being fueled by a rapid onset contagion through social media influencers and the social status they gain in coming out. By 2017, 2% of high school students were identifying as transgender in a CDC study. Why is this happening? Parents are being told to affirm this self-declared gender identity or suicide would result. Gender specialists are leading minors straight to reckless, irreversible medical interventions, including cross-sex hormones, puberty blockers, which sterilize permanently, and even double mastectomy surgeries. Ryan Anderson's pioneering book, When Harry Became Sally, faced a similar fate this year of being banned when the Equality Act debate was heating up. Finally, let me say, gender transition on minors, including surg surgical mutilation, is being promoted under the banner of affirmation with a seal of approval from mainstream medical associations. This is nothing short of a medical scandal. It is an exploitation industry that's unleashed in the name of compassionate care. Pediatric gender clinics have multiplied across this country. They only practice gender transition. They prescribe drugs never approved for use by the FDA and commit children without any capacity for informed consent to the destruction of their healthy bodies, long-term health risk, lifelong dependence on hormones, and permanent sterilization. The big gender industry is legitimized by federal NIH grants that have approved cross-sex hormone experiments on children as young as nine. In some major cities, some parents are starting to uh, protest these clinics and their exploitation, but you won't hear about this in the media either. Planned Parenthood now offers cross-sex hormones to anyone in their late teens as a growing part of their business, no permission or referral required. Their 2020 report boasts of the availability of these services, including through telehealth and their app. They stand to profit from this in more ways than one. The Equality Act is simply going to become a national speedway for normalizing transgenderism and the guaranteeing children's indoctrination in the schools. Gender reassignment would just become more of a routine practice at an even uh, greater and more dangerous level than today. And we've got to stop this insanity, folks. It used to be that 80 to 90% of gender dysphoric children, if given time and the right kind of mental, uh, mental health counseling, would just realign with their natural bodies by the time they were out of puberty. But that is not happening anymore with big gender. The tide could be turning. Actually, the United Kingdom, they just uh, led the way, who had led the way in pediatric gender transition, just banned treatments on minors because of a case, um, Kira Bell case, uh, who sh she sued a gender clinic. The court determined that kids cannot give conformed consent. The Swedish healthcare system is doing the same right now. And back in the US, 
State of Arkansas has taken a courageous step as the first state to ban gender reassignment treatments for minors. The legislature had to override the veto of a Republican governor to make this happen. Notably, in South Carolina, the legislature, the effort to ban transgender treatment on minors is being led by a black Democrat. In Congress, legislation has also been introduced in the House and the Senate to ban gender experimentation on minors and prohibit taxpayer funding of the same. We need more elected officials to care about this and to have the courage to lead. And it will take governors of courage as well. And we, meet, we really need the medical community to be held accountable on this. So how can we stay encouraged? Well, in the midst of this cultural crisis, uh, all of us here can know and we can know and stand on what is true. God created man, male and female. His purpose for our section, our sexuality will never change. Um, but let's not be fooled by this. This is not just a culture war, it is a spiritual battle. Questioning the creator is as old a tactic as Eden, and the evil one is at work here. When we deny our creation, we deny our creator. None of us can turn a blind eye anymore to what's happening in our culture today and the liberties that we stand to lose under the Equality Act. The battle is well underway, politically, culturally, and spiritually. Our churches cannot stand in silence any longer. States are starting to act. Legal gains are being made. Big tech and cancel culture, I think, have helped all of us to recognize the woke agenda of our corporate and elite institutions on this. They're working against us. So if any of you are sleeping beauties out there, it is time to wake up. Thanks for listening. Concerned Women Today is a ministry of Concerned Women for America, bringing you biblical perspective to today's most pressing issues. To stay connected, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and be sure to leave a review and subscribe to the podcast. We pray this episode has been a blessing to you. For more information, visit ConcernedWomen.org. That's ConcernedWomen.org.